Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Greg Piatelli recapping the week that was in baseball. We go through all of our usual business, but we start with the finalists for the All-Star voting. We go through both the American League and the National League and pick who we think should be the starters for each team. We also talk about snubs, all that good stuff. Then we go right into hot teams of the week. We skip hot players because we talked about the All-Stars, but we do a little Phillies talk, a little Red Sox talk, stadium snacks, bleacher creatures. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, though, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts including PodCoin, a newer app. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Facebook and Instagram. But enjoy this episode, guys. Let us know what you think in the comments. And here we go. And we are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Joining me, as always, is my man all the way up from Boston, Massachusetts, Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Crushing life, Jordy. Um, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. All obstacles in my way. Um... The sun's out. The tank is clean. Life is good. How you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah, it's uh, finally some nice weather. I finally got to go play some golf this week. Had a little uh, week off last week because of all this rain, uh, and it was quite wet over the weekend, but had to play uh, at a couple other tracks because the, the home club had its uh, senior tournament over the weekend. So this is an interesting weekend of golf. Uh, some other stuff happened, too. Went to a couple Phillies games, so I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Stadium snacks. Just excited. Talk some baseball. Um, you know, let, let's let's jump right into it because it was a pretty awesome week. If uh, for talking College World Series, Major League Baseball, All Star voting coming out, and the the, um, the finals are underway right now. Uh, they go through Thursday, I think at four o'clock. But Greg, how are you? How are you feeling right now about everything that's going on in baseball? As we approach the halfway mark, it's it's. Bittersweet because the Red Sox are playing. They're playing decently, and they're starting to get some of their pitchers pitchers back. Um, their offense is really exploding here, and all that good jazz. But the issue is that some of the teams ahead of them are are continuing to do well. So it's either going to be a battle to make the wild card, uh, or they're not going to make the playoffs. And that's you know I. Not that I'm ruling out the division as of now, but it would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, t- for the Red Sox to mount a comeback at this point. How are you doing? You know, I'm feeling all right. Uh, it's been a, the darkest point of the Phillies season. Uh, we t- touched on it a little bit halfway through that losing streak. But yeah, then you you get swept by the Marlins over the weekend. Uh, it was a little tough to, uh, tough to swallow. 
Um, but we had Chase Utley night Friday night, had the the great moment with Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, where they finally had their catch, Greg. It was documented. We put it up on our Instagram. It was a great moment. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this has just been a fun season of baseball so far. And it's you know, it's always that weird point now that that basketball and hockey are over and we've gone through the awards, Greg. So we're really out of it, you know. What did we ever do before the awards were after the seasons for hockey and basketball? Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the All-Star Game is one of my favorite times of the year, so I'm excited of all the voting and all that stuff. And I I think the the format itself, the change this year, I think it's gone pretty well so far uh, with the primaries and the final vote. I think that's an interesting concept. I don't think we're going to get like the last one in and all that sort of stuff once they announce the final teams. So that's a little bit of a bummer because that at least gave you a little more say on, on some more of the roster rather than just the starters. But... Yeah, I mean, the Phils are are slowly but surely f- uh, figuring themselves up, f- figuring themselves out, and picking up the pieces. They got the lucky bamboo going, and I'm just excited for the the counter to flip to July and and really get get regular season baseball really put into another gear. Because I think with the one trade deadline, all the different rumors we're going to hear out throughout July. Then you get August where the pennant race really starts to build up. And then September baseball, when football comes back too, just a fun, you know, the three months have now really distinguished themselves into different themes. And I think that that's good for baseball. And I think it's just fun for sports fans in general. Yeah. And that was a long winded answer for me asking how you were doing, but um, I'm good. I mean, you asked that before, aside from, you know, the the unfortunate incident for me on, on Saturday night, which we really need to go into. Listen, I'm just fuck with you. Honestly, it's uh, <laughs> the all-star voting. I'm pumped because the fans don't know jack shit in that a guy like Xander Bogarts, who's leading all American League shortstops in most uh, offensive strat- uh, categories, is like not even on the short list for a starter. So yeah, you want to jump into that first before we go into hot and cold players of just who got who got fucked over. Xander, Xander Bogarts is definitely one. Yeah, I mean. Without having a full list of who the finals are and what have you in front of me, just knowing strictly my own team, which is yeah. Do you want me to read through the three and say if you think good or bad, and we can jump into it? I have it in front of me, and I was starting to vote as you were talking, and then figured we might as well talk about it because the National League first base is a little bit atrocious to me. Um, it's Josh Bell, the Pirates, Freddie Freeman of the Braves, and Anthony Rizzo. All three are having good seasons. But none are having as good of a season as Peter Alonso, the rookie from the Mets, and I think it's I think it's appalling that he's not on there. I mean, the Mets are you know they're not the Yankees who ballot stuff this entire thing, which we can also talk about. But you know, it's it's sad to see that. I mean, Freeman's having a great year. Bell, good that he made it because it's that's something where you could have seen a small market team like the Pirates fall under the radar with a New York team, Chicago, and then and then the Braves, which basically corner of the market of the sec um so that's, did, that's my biggest did bellinger make it as a outfielder uh yeah he's an outfielder okay yeah. um yeah no i mean i think that's uh a, a good one we can certainly go position by position um if you wanted but yeah i think pete alonzo has been having an incredible season and i one of the home run leaders in all of baseball right yep exactly so, not only are you missing out on a chance for one of the home run leaders in all of baseball to, to be in the home run derby, but um, I'm sure he'll be invited. Yeah. Maybe he'll be one of the add-ons from uh, he'll be a, he'll be a reserve player. That's for certain. 
I mean, you say that, but Bell and Freeman are deserving, and are you really going to carry more than – and then I guarantee – Yeah, but who else from the Mets would be their representative? That's the other thing you got to look at. DeGrom, and that's it? DeGrom, yeah. DeGrom yeah. would be – I mean, and then you got to think that um, the Dodgers manager there, Dave Roberts, is going to put in Max Muncy because why the fuck not? Um, or maybe Reese, but – because the Phillies need someone. Um, yeah, that's actually a really good point. It's we can do, we can talk about that of on, on Phillies talk of trying to project their <laughs> their, their representative. Um, well, I mean, it's probably going to be Harper if we're being all told they're not going to have. I don't think it will be though. But they're not going to not have one of the faces of baseball at the All Star game. Yeah, I, I guess that's a good point. Um, yeah, more. Yeah, he. There's more. There are a lot better. I'll put it this way: There's probably a lot more shortstops ahead of Manny Machado than there are outfielders ahead of Bryce Harper to try to to try to put one or the other on uh, the National League All Star roster. Yeah. So do you? I mean, rather than doing hot player, do you just want to go into top three All Stars and stuff like that, or no? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, and then we'll get hot. Then we'll swir- circle back to hot teams. That's where right, so, we're already at this avenue. So we did the National League first baseman. Give me the American League. All right. So the American League are CJ Crone of the Twins, Carlos Santana of the Indians, and Luke Voigt of the Yankees. Hmm. I mean, I would have included Whit Merrifield. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he's having a great year, and he's one of those guys that, just like Bellinger and Muncie, plays a bunch of positions. Yeah. Uh, and he did not get circled in for second base or outfield, which is what he also plays. Yeah, so, I mean, he's 303, 40 RBI, 11 home runs, 56 runs. Yeah, he, his numbers are right there with Santana. He has a better batting average, um, more runs scored, more stolen bases. But that would be my only – maybe Joey Gallo, but I don't think he's better than the first three you mentioned. Joey Gallo is on, on the outfield ballot. Oh, is he? Yeah. Huge. He having a great, great year. We can, we can circle back to him. Certainly um, second baseman. You have Altuve who was hurt for most of the first half. Tommy Listella of the angels and DJ LeMahieu of the Yankees. Is it Mistella hurt? Uh, I think he's been, I think he's still healthy right now, but he's, he's been having a pretty sweet year. 13 or uh, 16 homers, 44 ribbies uh, batting 300. Um, I'm, I think Lomayhu's the answer, though. He has about had a higher batting average. Um, been one of the reasons why the Yankees are where they are. He's been real, uh, real heart and soul of a, a team that was pretty banged up, and that's obviously doing pretty well right now in the standings. Um, yeah, no, I like it. And, and you know, he certainly has been great for them, and he was going to be potentially my hot player of the week. So, I'm glad we're not doing that anymore, so I don't have to talk about him. But yeah, he he <laughs> he's probably deserving of uh, of the nod. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. National League second baseman, we got Albies of Atlanta, Kettle Marte from Arizona, and Mike Mustakis of the Brewers. And then no, by Bias is probably shortstop. Yeah, he's a shortstop. No, I like it. Any any protests from you? No, I think that I think those are the three most deserving second basemen in the NL. Um, I'm trying to think who else you might want to throw in there, uh, and I'm coming up short. 
Third base, what do you got? Third base, you got for the NL, Nolan Arenado of the Rockies, Chris Bryant of the Cubs, and Josh Donaldson of the Braves. I, yeah, no, those three players are having great years. Yeah, year. I, I agree. I think that's th- that's spot on. I think Arenado gets the nod. I, the only one you could potentially add is Rendon. Yeah, but he was hurt for a little bit. From Washington, he was hurt, but he also, you know, he's got almost, he's got 60 less at-bats than Arenado, but he's 310, 53 RBIs. He's got nine less RBIs and, and two less home runs, so... Yeah, all right. That's fair. He may have, you know, he's got less at bats for sure, but he's equally um, numbers wise as, as dominant or as effective as Arenado. You could argue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Arenado probably does get the as another face of the league. Yeah, exactly, and, and one that needs that needs a little more exposure playing in a, in a Western division. Um, AL third base, we got Alex Bregman, Hunter Dozier, and Urshela of the Yankees. Um, I think Bregman's the the obvious pick here. I mean, biggest snub has to be Rafael Devers. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's having a pretty good year. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. In Devers. The, in the, uh, and this is gonna sound like a homer thing, but between Devers and and Xander Bogarts, like those, I know, I know Mookie and JD are finalists, and JD probably will get it because no one else is like a true DH anymore. But uh, yeah, Mookie, yeah, he's there because he's the MVP from last year, but. Real, realistically, the two best players for this Red Sox team have been Devers and Xander Bogarts, and for them not even to be on the short list is crazy to me. And my only saving grace is hope that Cora, as the manager, is going to put them on there. But Devers, statistically, um, more runs scored than Bregman, uh, way less home runs, only three less RBIs, and has a way better batting average. He's batting 308 and Bregman is batting 259. So you can make the case Bregman, yeah, sure, Bregman, more home runs, but equal parts RBI and and better batting average for Devers. In my opinion, I just think it's hard not to Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think this is a victory. I think I think Dozier probably got got ballot stuffed if we're really splitting hairs here i think that's probably the, the biggest part part on there well yeah because um, it's just fan vote and and reality i i always think that any all-star game i think the fans have too much saying that i think it really should be coaches owners gm not owners but coaches other players guys who are watching the game guys who know do, what do you like the the nba model then like fan votes a third coaches are a third players are a third yeah, but don't even get the fans a vote. I understand the fans want to see the All Stars, but reality is, like, if they're having a good year, the other players and coaches are going to vote for them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, a no vote for yourself clause to try to prevent that sort of thing. Yeah, and we could even you could even do a no vote for teammates to whatever. Yeah, yeah that's probably that's probably the even better answer is no no vote for teammates if we um, wanted to. But yeah, hey, what do you got? All right, so NL. Oh, no, we just didn't. Oh, we'll do NL shortstops. We have Javi Baez, Trevor Story, and Dansby Swanson. Um, I think that's a pretty solid crew. I would go with Baez just as an all-around, probably the best shortstop, but more off, the better offensive, although his power numbers are not where Baez is all right now, is Trevor Story. And you really think that Machado shouldn't be a finalist? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm pulling up the shortstops for NL now um, and just trying to boil it down that way. 
it's kind of weird because they have because they have all the all the guys who could count as a as a shortstop for fantasy on there. So like Kettle Marte is on this when you boil it down on Yahoo. Um, but yeah, I mean Machado of of that he he has a higher batting average than than Swanson than Eduardo Escobar who also could have been up there although his his home actually he's he's uh he's at seventeen homers I was looking at, at triples at, at five um yeah I, I don't know if he is or not I mean he has seventeen homers forty nine ribbies but that's you know it's one more than Story his batting averages right there but I I just don't think we've seen an awesome year out of Machado so far. I mean, it's, it's still pretty solid, but I just think maybe he gets in, maybe he gets in over Harper as the, as the face of the league, big, big off season signing to get in there. But I just think Javi Baez is a better fielder and he's have he's better numbers offensively than Machado. Trevor story is a better power hitter than any of the shortstops named. So I just think as a, as a finalist, maybe, but I don't know. Dansby Swanson's having a pretty nice bounce back here on an Atlanta team that's been red hot recently. Yeah. What's the American League? Uh, AL, we mentioned there. there's no Xander Bogarts, but it's Carlos Correa, Jorge Polanco, and Gliber Torres of the Yankees. Um, aside from, from Bogarts, pretty solid crew here. I would go probably Polanco, a really good hitter, really good fielder. I know Gliber's having a pretty awesome offensive year, uh, but you can't really you can't really touch 50 runs scored a 326 batting average pretty nice walk to strikeout ratio a slugging percentage near 5 near 540 yeah the only one outside of bogarts maybe an elvis andrews from texas uh the yeah. 304 batting average 43 rbi and uh 43 runs or 44 sorry excuse me runs scored so 16 stolen bases um even a tim anderson from the white Sox. but yeah no i uh i mean i agree i think Polanco being as good as he's been all year and Minnesota being having scored the most or tied for the most um, runs. No, scoring the most runs in the American League so far to date. Um, and I guess all the majors to date, he's a big reason. So uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he should probably be a starter. Yeah, and I mean, just to, to kind of put, on, put a, a bow on what you were saying of run scored, he has 50. The only other players in the AL amongst shortstops that have higher are Bogarts. We talked about Marcus Simeon, Simeon, Jesus, of the Oakland Athletics, who actually is having a pretty solid season. Uh, and he has played 80 games, but not enough power numbers, I don't think, to, to really vault himself anywhere. So, I mean, he's been right in the middle of that Minnesota team. So really good point there, Greg. Just wanted to emphasize it for you. Thank you, Jordy. Yeah, you know, I got you. I got you. AL catchers, we got uh, Chirinos uh, of the Astros, McCann of the White Sox, and Gary Sanchez of the New York Yankees, uh, who of qualified leaders on Yahoo, Gary Sanchez is the only one who pops up because he's played, I guess, had the most at-bats. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is actually a nice, a nice mix. I would have maybe also thrown in Mitch Garver from the yeah. Twins. He's having himself a pretty solid year. Uh, maybe Omar Navarez from from Seattle. Christian Vasquez, not to go too full Red Sox, but he's having himself a pretty good year. 30 ribbies um, in 65 games. I think that's pretty good catch, catching numbers. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Sanchez is is the uh, is the play here, but but the picks are pretty good uh, across the board. 
Yeah, Sanchez probably is having the best year for sure, catcher-wise. I would agree with the Garver comment. I think Vasquez is definitely playing like a top five catcher, but um, in terms of in terms of top three, I think Sanchez, Garver, and McCann are probably um, should be the top three finalists. But obviously, Garver got nixed off of it. Um, who are the National League? I'd be interested to see this. Yeah, NL is it is actually a really interesting finalist. It's Wilson Contreras, Yasmani Grandal, and McCann of the Cubs, Brewers, and Braves, respectively. Uh, I think that's that's pretty legit in terms of those picks. Real sleeper pick that probably wouldn't have gotten on there, but he's having a good offensive year, at least batting average-wise, is Tony Walters of the Rockies. He only has one homer, though, but 22 ribbies, still pretty good numbers from a catcher. Um, maybe Kurt Suzuki, he's had some nice hits. The one, though, that I think is the biggest misfire is, is the lack of Wilson Ramos. He has 41 ribbies. That's third in catching RBIs in the National League behind Grandal and Contreras to household names when you think of catchers. Um, and Ramos has been, you know, journeyman catcher and having himself a pretty solid year. So that's that's another Met that I think has kind of got a little bit of a snub. But the three finalists, I think, are probably the correct answers. I don't I don't agree with that. I think I think both uh, Ramos and then your boy Real Muto, who are having much better seasons than McCann. Granted, Real Muto has a lower batting average than the others, but he's still got 36 RBIs, which yeah. is leading them or close to the top. 10 home runs, 47 runs scored himself. Uh, you could argue he is way more deserving than McCann, who only has 29 RBIs. Um, sure, and, sure, and absolutely. Wilson Ramos, I think. I think the Ramos and Real Muto sure should be in a finalist over McCann from the Braves. So I think the only miss they had there with McCann. Yeah, I think I think hey, Grandal is the vote, though. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Before we do outfielders, why is it that only the American League has DH finalists? I guess because they have players who actually are designated hitters or they play enough games to be considered a designated hitter. So then does the National League get an extra starter? Like I'm like when it comes down to it, they're going to have, they're going to say, yeah, cause they do that. Cause they do DHs for both leagues. So I think, is, I think the manager just picks someone who wasn't voted in as a starter to be the DH. But I mean, when, when they announce it, it's going to be, when they announce it, it's going to be they, 10, ten AL starters and nine and nine NL starters. Okay. So why didn't they just do like everyone, everyone who like, you know, that they should do, just have done the top vote getter, not in the top three for his position. You know, say that mean? again. Like they should have just done the top three guys vote getters would be would be your who who you're voting for for DH for the DH in the National League. You know, yeah, like, yeah, that would have been that probably is is some some form of an answer of non non finalists. You mean? Yeah. So like yeah. you know, Real that's Muto, probably that's probably what it should have been. Random yeah. example: Riamuto came. Let's say he came fourth for catchers, and let's say he was the number one vote getter that wasn't in the top three of any position. Yeah, he would be a potential finalist for DH, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they just want to keep it. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe the theory is like, if someone loses, like say, say the, say Cubs fans get Wilson Contreras in and Roberts wants to use Grandal as a, as the DH, maybe that's the theory. I don't know, even though that, that wouldn't totally work with catchers. It's a bad example, but you get what I mean of, of he can kind of, he gets more flexibility there, some more degrees of freedom. So I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a, that's a fair that's a fair uh, critique, though. Thank you, Jordy. What do we yeah. got for all builders? Yeah. Uh, so let's do NL because I have that in front of me. We have 
a lot. It's nine finalists. It's not you're voting just you're voting for three. You have Ronald Acuna of the Braves, Albert Amora Jr. of the Cubs, Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers, Charlie Blackman of the Rockies, Jason Hayward of the Cubs, Nick Markakis of the of the Braves, Jock Peterson of the Dodgers, Kyle Schwarber of the Cubs, and Christian Yelich of the Brewers. Why don't we do a lot of big names? Why don't we do who uh do you say Juan Soto? Juan Soto is not on there. Okay, so for me, that's the that's the snub. That's a, yeah, that's a big snub. Why don't we do uh, who we think the three should be for this? Yeah, uh, I think it's Yelich, Bellinger, and probably Charlie Blackman. Yeah, I was gonna say Yelich, Bellinger, or and Blackman or Acuna. I would say. Yeah, Acuna. Yeah, it's Blackman slash Acuna, but Bellinger and Yelich have to be starters. Yeah, just based on the years they've had for sure, and yeah. the home run race battle that they were having in the beginning of the year, but. Yelich yeah. is sort of running away with it a little bit now. Yeah. Um, anybody else you think might have gotten snubbed? Uh, I'm looking through names now. Howie Kendrick, not a huge name, but he's having a good year with the Nationals as well. Uh, I mean, Reese has had a good year. Yeah, he doesn't count as an outfielder anymore, though. He's He hasn't played a oh, single game in the outfield. Him, but he was snubbed at first base, too. Yeah, he hasn't played a single game in the outfield this year, though. Scott Kingery counts as an outfielder, and he could be he could be a sneaky pick, but I don't think enough. I don't think enough to uh, get himself into into a finalist type position. So is 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 um what the fuck's his name? The big signing is he really having that bad of a year? Who Bryce Harper? Yeah. I mean, he's, it's not terrible. He's batting two. He's been close to 250. It's floated around there for the last couple of weeks. He's over 10 home runs. He's over 50 RBI, a lot of strikeouts, a lot of doubles too. Bryce Harper has. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I don't think in terms of top nine, is he, is he the, the ultimate answer there right now He's 13 homers, 54 ribbies, 51 walks. He leads the league in walks. Uh, Cody Bellinger is just behind him, but almost 100 strikeouts already. But he leads NL uh, outfielders in doubles. He, I mean, it's just been an up and down year for him. And I think is he no longer in his prime? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you see this though. He he's a very streaky player. You saw it when he was on the Nationals, and you see it now with the Phillies. And the Phillies have had that same have had that same run. Um, So I don't know if he if he gets called in. I don't know if Reese ends up getting called in or if it's JT Romuto because um, that's actually a sneaky good pick as well of, of throwing him in as a catcher because I don't think I don't think any of the pitchers are going to are going to get named to the all-star team. Nola's had Nola had a really rough start to the year. Arietta has been up and down like he was last year. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be pretty interesting to see yeah. how that how that all shakes out. And they have to have one player from every team. Yeah, they do. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, American League. Yeah, American League outfielders, we have, for finalists, we have Mookie Betts, Michael Brantley, Joey Gallo, Aaron Judge, Austin Meadows of the Rays, Josh Reddick, uh, Ahmed, Eddie Rosario, excuse me, George Springer, and Mike Trout. Sinsu Chu? Uh, yeah, that's a good snub. He He's having himself a really solid year. Um, not a ton of RBI. He's only at, he's only at 32, but over t- over 10 homers, two 287 batting average. Nice little bounce back year for him over in over in Texas. I would have said Max Kepler. That's a good one. He's at 19 homers, 51 ribbies, uh, 272 batting average. A part of that team that's doing really well in Minnesota, like we talked about, 51 runs scored. 
Um, Jorge Soler is someone I think too, that probably could have garnered some votes from that Kansas city crowd. Uh, he has over 20 homers, 50 ribbies batting 235 though. So that's probably where you, where you lose him. Uh, the other snub I would say is probably Nomar Mazzara. You, and Max Kepler got a, got a bid or no? Uh, he did not get it. So that was one of your snubs. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my snubs. Yeah. Great call. He destroyed the Red Sox, uh, yeah. in one game alone. Anyway, um, yeah. starters. Uh, I would say probably Mookie, Springer, and Rosario. So based on performance, uh, you have to put Trout. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, shit. That's a, that's a bad one on me. Yeah, Listen, you have to put no, Trout. No, no, no. No going back. Stick to your guns. Uh, All right. Trout, Springer, and I would say Trout, Springer, and either – Rosario, Kepler, maybe Whit Merrifield, but I obviously yeah, I maybe I'd obviously like to see best, but um, yeah, I guess I guess uh, Rosario. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anybody else that you think got snubbed as a outfielder of the American League before we go to DHs? Mm, no, I think you nailed them. Since you choose mine and. Um, Michael Brantley, maybe, but yeah, Brantley, that's a good one. He had that hot, he had that really hot streak for a bit. Yeah, he did for sure. Yeah. All right, so AL finalists for DH: Nelson Cruz, JD Martinez, and Hunter Pence of the Texas Rangers. Ew, Hunter Pence. Ew. Um. <laughs> I mean, almost bad in three hundred, and and has more ribbies than JD. Uh, he's also hurt, so. Yeah, he is hurt. Uh, listen, JD, just because he's a strictly a, a you know DH nine games out of ten, um, but he, for me, he's a starter. I, I can't. I, no, I don't think. I don't think they missed out on anyone there. I think those three had. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I think I'm kind of surprised Shohei Otani didn't get ballot stuffed in there. Yeah. I you know that's a great that's a great call. Especially yeah, he did the whole cycle thing and exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a great call. He's having a, he's having a pretty good year. Um, Jordy, look at you. You're a pro. Yeah. You're a pro. Yeah. I try to be, man. Um, I'm also. I know he's only been a Yankee for about a month, but Edwin Edwin Encarnacion probably could have been stuffed in there too. His batting average isn't very high, but combine the Yankees with a 20, 20 and fifty right now, twenty four and fifty four to be specific. He could have. Yeah, been. but. He did nothing before that, and who knows? Like once they get uh, their two seven footers back, if he plays, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, let's go over. Or do you want to try to predict pitchers, or is that too uh, too wild? Why don't you just give me who's who in your opinion should be starter for each? Ooh, uh, let me get pitch. Let me get the. I'll go. Stats. I'll go National League first. I think. For me, the starter has to be Huyen Jin Ryu. Yeah, he's. I mean, it's uh, dominating right now. Nine and one. Yeah, nine wins. One twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah, nine wins, ninety Ks, one twenty-seven ERA. Um, innings is a little lower than a guy like Scherzer, but I think. I mean, you could throw in. Jo- uh, yeah, but I think. Um, yeah, I think for me, uh, National League, I think he's my guy. Yeah, he has to be. He's got to be the guy. 
Uh, and then Scherzer, he pitches innings one and two. Scherzer does three and four. Probably Castillo or Hamels, uh, five, the fifth and sixth inning, maybe the two of them. Uh, and then just start using bullpen dudes as the, the later innings go on. Yeah, I feel like only the starter goes. I feel Even now, though, I feel like the starter only goes one inning. They got kind of got away from the two inning thing. Yeah, that's a good point too. Um, and and honestly, the pitchers is tough because it comes down to who pitches like the Sunday before or whatever. Yeah, that's a really good point. Who's cold? Yeah, whatever BS that is. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. But the point is, um, yeah, I think I think uh, for me, it's Hyun Jin Ryu. No, no, that, that's that's prob- that's the answer. Scherzer on name brand alone might get. Might get some sort of nod, or he comes in for the second inning, whatever it whatever ends up being. And he's uh, having a great year. Like, oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, there's a lot of guys who are having pretty great years. Luis Castillo, great on him, and I'd be interested in seeing what the Reds do with him as July, as we enter July and it, and it rolls on. But AL, I think it's a pretty interesting conversation, Greg. Who do you think should be the starter for the American League All Stars? It's so hard to go against Justin Verlander. Yeah. who has 142 strikeouts, 10 wins. Um, his ERA is higher than a guy like Charlie Morton. Um, but here's, he- where, here's where Verlander gets gets a lot of nods. His whip and opponent's batting average are astronomically low. Yeah. And, I mean, I just think that all in all, I think he has the best for starters. You know, he has the best bid for it um in in the american league because i don't i don't even know who else besides morton you'd put in the conversation yeah maybe like a guy like lucas giolito from the white Sox, just because he's having such an outstanding year um he'd be like in the same conversation as jake go to rizzi guys that have won they've won 10 games they're having pretty solid years giolito's another just just a high strikeout uh, high number of strikeouts. Garrett Cole maybe, but his his ERA is a little bit higher. His record is is a little more suspect than anybody else that we threw out there. So not a, not a really not a huge, widely sexy pick, but um, yeah, I mean Mike Miner, uh, same same kind of deal there. Of uh, his opponent's batting average and ERA are, are ERA is low, but a- average is high. WHIP is high. You know, there's there's a lot to to be thrown around in the. Uh, the old the old noggin if you're lo- trying to look there <laughs> um yeah i love it jordy yeah. i love it and i guess kind of put to wrap a bow on it because it's the same thing of of that we were just talking about with scherzer is it is if you're major league baseball and you're you're the two managers do you just kind of all come together and say we need it to be verlander and scherzer for just the marketing value or do you hyun jin ryu because he's having just an absolute dominating season or Charlie Morton. Cause he's the, he'd be from what it looks like the more analytical pick. I don't know. It's a, I think a part of it, obviously it's, it's for show and it's for entertainment and all that stuff. I but. mean, I think Cora goes Verlander because of the whole, he used to be at Houston thing and Verlander has been so dominant for so long and who knows how many more of these he's has left. And I think um, on the other hand, Roberts with Ryu, that's his guy. That's his, you know, that's his ace in the hole. And he, it, again, depending upon how things shake out pitching wise, who pitches the Sunday and Saturday. Yeah, before that's a really good point too. Yeah, you know, I think yeah, that's why you don't see a lot of those pitchers is because they just pitched. Yeah, I mean, Morton, Morton would be good, and that's an AL East thing, maybe you know. But like, if this was last year, you know, 
the best pitcher clear far and away was the guy who won the Cy Young and, and yeah. he started the all-star game for a reason. And, and Verlander's also let up a lot of home runs. I'm just looking at this now. 21 yeah. of his 30, 21 home runs, which is way higher than any other pitcher that we've talked about here. Uh, except for Mike Miner, who's at 11, Jose Barrios at 12, Garrett Colt 16. I mean, wow. Just a not just a, a, a comment there more than anything. Yeah, I mean you could chalk that up to. Uh, sorry, I'm a million miles away. You could you could talk chalk it up to his division. Yeah. Um, maybe not division, but their schedule and the American League, and, and even just like the MLB has given up an astronomical amount of home runs. Period. That's a good point. Yeah. Alone, um, but at least they're solo jacks. And they're not not a lot of multi home run. It's a very uh, good point there. Multi home run. Um, so those are the players. Uh, let's get into uh, teams. Yeah, we'll go back in the usual business. Hot and cold teams. Uh, Greg, it's been an interesting week in baseball. We mentioned the Phillies and their coldness. We've mentioned a lot of other things. Um, but we're starting the American League, and Greg, I'm going to go with a team that you and I have been waiting to see them start to pop, and it seems like things may be starting to come together for the Cleveland Indians, winners of seven of their last ten games. Uh, they are finally getting over the hump run differential-wise. They're, they are starting to score more runs offensively. We talked about it a little bit when we were talking about the, the different players, they're starting to get it together. Uh, they're still in the bottom third in terms of average and runs, but Lindor's c- creeping up closer to, to 300. Carlos Santana having a renaissance year, almost at 20 home runs. They have Bowers, who we've talked about a couple times, in hot players and rookies. Um, I mean, these guys, Greg, I think that, you know, if they're really starting to make turn that corner, this could, this could turn into a pretty – exciting AL central chase after the all-star break. Yeah. And, and I mean, they beat up on the Rangers or they split with the Rangers this week. Sorry. Sorry to add to your thing. The Rangers, uh, playoff team, but they beat up or not playoff team, but close to, and they beat up on them. They, they took care of business versus the Tigers. And, and, uh, you know, I think great pick Jordy. You're right. We've been waiting for them to, make a move, make a do something, um, get their butts in gear, if you will. And um, I, maybe this is the jumpstart they needed. Maybe it's the wrong time with the all-star break coming up next week and, you know, team that's hot and then goes into the break, you know, tends to cool off a little bit just because everyone does yep. come out of the break. Um, you know, just some people get rejuvenized, but that's mainly pitchers and then hitters, you know, you lose the ball, it takes a game or two, what have you to get back into it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think great pick, Jordy. Great Thank pick. I, I, I don't know if I can see Minnesota tanking that badly, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, they're right back into, into the wild card conversation though. They're yeah. two games back from, from Tampa for the first spot. They're a game behind the Red Sox for the second one tied with Texas. Who's still hanging on there. Oakland's or is, is clawing their way up. So the, the wild card chase is becoming much more exciting all of a sudden. And as we enter into July and, and trade rumors are going to be swirling all over the place. We've seen some trades happen before the all-star break. And I think maybe now that there's only one trade deadline, we might start to see more of them. So 
who knows? Who knows how this is all going to get approached? And as teams start to face each other more and more, I think we might see teams beat, beat up on each other. It'll be pretty exciting to see. Agreed. Um, my top team would have been the Red Sox, but because I chose them last week, I unfortunately, Jordy, team that I've been avoiding like the plague, a team that I sincerely have not wanted to talk about. <laughs> but a team that has... It pains them. That can be that can be avoided no more. And that was the New York Yankees who in the last week, the last week, Jordy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Swept the Tampa Bay Rays. Yep. Won three out of four versus the Houston Astros. Yep. And I have a potential to sweep the Toronto Blue Jays based on how things shake out on, on a Wednesday before the Red Sox and Yankees see each other in London Saturday and Sunday this, this coming weekend. Nine and one, but just this last seven days, you know, the Rays, the team they needed to beat, the team that's chasing them, uh, they essentially distanced themselves and gave themselves a six-game cushion just by beating the Rays three games in a row. And then the Houston Astros, who two years in a row have either made the World Series or or the lost the team that won the World Series. So they're obviously a powerhouse, and the Yankees dismantled both of them. Um, yep. This this is a team that, again, like I said, I've been avoiding them like the plague, but with the major injuries, you would have thought this team would have tanked, or this team would not be good. This team would not be able to put up as many runs as they put up. Au contraire, my friend. Au contraire. The second Au most runs. Au contraire, mon frere. <laughs> the second most runs in all of baseball scored only behind the Minnesota Twins. Uh, the same exact record with one more loss than the Twins. Both have 51 wins, however. Um, and the leader is 55, of course, with the Dodgers. But the Yankees are only two losses behind the Dodgers. And they only have two more losses than the Dodgers. So plus 96 differential this season. But uh, the, last, the last week has been very good to the Yankees. And Hopefully, um, for everyone's sake, not just mine, but everyone's sake and all in all the whole entire baseball world, hopefully the Yankees uh, hit a wall and uh, fall off their bikes, if you will, and choke it in the playoffs as they've been. <laughs> uh, you also we got to mention they set a major league record most consecutive games with a home run uh, that was at twenty eight. I don't know they're playing right now if they've hit a home run or not. I'm going to check this as I, as I talk, but yeah, the other thing we got to mention, the, no, you finish as I check, yeah, I was going to mention run, pitching, but home runs are great, but they also led, they also broke the major league record for most home runs by a single team last year and uh, lost in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, DJ may you home run just hit a home run for, uh, for the Yankees. So they have extended the streak. Nice. Yeah. So, but what I was going to mention was their pitching. Their pitching has been outstanding this year. Uh, we got to We got to discuss it a little bit. I know we did, with guys like CC a couple weeks ago, um, but James Paxton, who came over, has been absolutely great for the for the Yankees. Masio Tanaka having a solid year, 
And I mean, their bullpen has just been great. They've stacked up different guys as the years have gone on. And, and it's really all coming together. And Zach Britton, Tommy Kaline, uh, Adam Adovino, who they picked up, they've been outstanding. Roldish Chapman's closing the door for them. So as their, their starters have looked you know, better and better, I think it's it's just a, a great combination of them, both with their their offensive prowess, as we were just talking about, and and if this continues, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how how the Yankees continue to move forward in the AL East. If that lead of six and eight over Tampa and Boston remains the same, if it if it widens, if it narrows, uh, did, we'll you mention, it, did you mention Domingo Germain? I did not. No, that's a great pick. He's, uh, or great, great point. He's he's um, twenty six years old. Pretty sure this is his rookie year, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, he is second, second or tied for most wins in all of baseball. Yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty impressive. Pretty good for a rookie, and and ERA three point eight six, averaging just about ten Ks per per every nine innings. So. Pretty normally good. Normally um, good. <laughs> and only giving up 19 walks. So having a great year for him there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the Yankees avoid them like the plague and can avoid them no longer. Let's move to the National League. All righty. Um, I started. You, to- oh, you started. Yeah, then you, you can go right ahead. Start start us off in the NL, Craig. Um. I'm going to go Washington Nationals. Damn, I was going to pick them. All right. Um, you know what? I'll let you talk about them. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I'm going to go with the stock answer. Um, the team that I have not talked about, you have not talked about, just like we've been avoiding the Yankees like the plague. We've been avoiding the Dodgers. Um, swept the Rockies three straight games. Three out of four from the Giants this week. And uh, currently split with a... Rubber match versus Diamondbacks today, or which would be Wednesday. Um, but for me, the Dodgers, unreal little streak they got going this week. Um, great season they've had. They only have nine. Yes, you heard me correctly. Nine losses at home, Jordy. Yeah, uh, it's pretty insane. Yeah, talk about a home-cooked meal. On the flip side, the worst team in baseball, Baltimore Orioles, have nine wins at home. Oh. So if you can picture that, uh, one has nine losses at home, one has only nine wins at home. Ironically enough, um, the, the Orioles have more wins on the road than they do at home. But, yeah, for me, the Dodgers um, have to be at their pitching lights out, their hitting moonshot after moonshot, just depth everywhere. Yeah, we talked about last yeah. year. We talked about last year in the uh, – in the in the World Series, just look up and down their their lineup. Sort of like the Yankees, no no hole one through nine is 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 not dangerous. Um, and a guy like Rich Hill, who's you know who they go between he's their had trouble. What he's had trouble the last couple of years with injuries, and he has a little bit this year. But no, I know. But I'm saying is like he's great year though. They've been rotating with their five start five starters and and. The four starters, because like you said, Rich Hill got hurt, but the four starters in Ryu, Bueller, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, and Kent Maida have really shouldered the load, and their ERAs are all 
sub four, um, 1.27, 2.96, 3.07, 3.76. And then Rich Hill, who's hurt, like you mentioned, but he's at 255. So they've just been, and Kenley Jansen is, is unreal. Uh, Oh yeah. Great closer. Save opportunities versus percentages. So top to bottom, this team, uh, Gonna be gonna be hard pressed not to see them in the World Series for a third straight year. Yeah, do you think that we see a Machado like deal that they make to just bolster their lineup oh so much more? It's tough because last year they had to do it because of the injuries, but this year, you know, knock on wood, if no one gets hurt, you know, last year they lost um Seeger, right? Yeah, they lost Corey Seeger for a bit, and that's why they went out and got Machado. But yeah, I, I mean I'm not sure they need to do that. I mean, I think I think they would only do that to compete with a with an American League team, but I think, okay. yeah, I think it, you know if you learned anything from last year, it's you just need guys who who can perform in the World Series. Like Machado, sure he did fine for them, but come World Series time, he got toasted by uh, by the soccer. Last out, he was the last yeah. out. Exactly. All right, my NL my NL team, we kind of blew it there, but or blew what what it was going to be. It's the Washington Nationals, winners of seven of their last ten, and all of a sudden, right back into the thick of things. In terms of the AL East, they're only two and a half games behind the Phillies for second place. They are a few games behind Milwaukee, behind Arizona, behind Colorado, and the Phils in that wild card chase. St. Louis is in there as well. Um, but yeah, their run differential is going positive. We mentioned Max Scherzer in the year he's been having, but offensively they've gotten healthy and they've started to really hit the ball very well. As that run differential has expanded more and more, they are figuring it out. And Anthony Rendon, you mentioned him when we were talking about all-stars batting over 300 over 50 RBI already 17 homers, absolutely doing everything for them. You have guys like Howie Kendrick, who, been a journeyman, having a great year as well. Um, Adam Eaton, kind of the unsung hero, if you will. He has scored 45 runs for this team. Not the team leader, Rendon is that, but I mean, just another just another guy that that's really fitting in pieces all over the place. Victor Robles, Matt Adams, Kurt Suzuki, all guys that are really stepping up when when the Nationals need them to. And this has been something where you know the Nationals had a lot of confidence and thinking that they were still set in adding Patrick Corbin and he's having a good year for him too, although he's six and five, but uh, still, still pretty solid season Um, ERA sub four, and it's probably going to continue to go down, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a great week for them. If I'd give them one knock, their bullpen is not the best, but they're when their starters are firing uh, the bullpen has a light night. So you can just hope that the offense gives you wide enough margin that you don't have some sort of crazy meltdown in the ninth inning. Yeah, and I think the the more important thing there is, you know, you nine games or eight games out of, of first. It's not. I mean, as a, as a fan of a team who's eight games out, it's not too insurmountable. But more realistically, you know, you're talking about the wild card, and the wild card, the central teams are just going to beat up on each other. Yep. Right. And and the the leader of that division is at 43 games. The next one's at 42 42 wins. So. If I'm if I'm Washington, you know they've now put themselves, like you said, back into wildcard talks. So like right there with the San Diegos, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Phillies, the Brewers, the Cardinals. You know they're right in the conversation. You could argue that 
the only team that is probably out of it at this point in the National League is Miami Marlins, and they have 30 wins and, and the wild cards are 42. So realistically, you know, that's probably the only team that's 100% out, but I would say anyone who is not around the 40-win mark come All-Star break, which is end of this weekend, I would argue will be out in the National League uh, for wild card. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be really fun to see what these teams do because we've we've kind of theorized of who could make moves and the teams that that would be on the reverse side of that. You have to have a seller where there's a buyer and unless like a Pittsburgh or a Cincinnati, I wouldn't think St. Louis would sell off, but if they fall fall off in in, in July or the Mets do, uh we, we it is going to be we might be seeing a lot of teams standing pat or trying to like really claw out for a deep bench guy and maybe having to overpay. So Exactly. It's now, good that there's that there's a nice level of competitiveness right now in, and in the National League. Exactly. Well, that's true, you know, we were talking about this you know, who was a bad that you'd go out there and get, you know, yeah. who, who's like because a team that are sellers, you know, you would think, um, like the Angels, they're big guys. Trout, you know, they're not selling him, right? You could argue maybe Seattle has some guys to sell. Uh, but Toronto is super young. Baltimore is rebuilding. The White Sox rebuilding. The Tigers rebuilding. The Royals injuries slash rebuilding. And then you go to that in the National League. The Mets, the Marlins are rebuilding. The Pirates and Reds are still in it, but also rebuilding. And they got rid of their guys last year. The Diamondbacks are in it. The Padres are making moves. They're going out and getting big names. They're not in the mood to sell them. And the Giants, all their big names are old as hell, so no one wants them. Um, but, like, maybe the Giants sell uh, Evan Longoria. Or, you know, like, there's – what team is, is out there selling big names or has a big name to sell? Like you said, the Mets, I think – might be your best option, but even then, would you really want a Robinson Cano? Yeah, it's tough. It's, uh, I mean, him, they're not throwing away Peter Alonso. They're not throwing away. Yeah, it's who you're going to get is going to be the biggest question out there. And I think it's going to be some random waiver, or, uh, not waiver anymore, but some random, a guy that would be a, a waiver wire August trade, Justin Verlander excluded here, that is going to be is going to be probably overpaid for and it, it may make all the difference a guy who comes off the bench and provides some late inning some late inning pop or or whatever it is but i don't know if if it if it remains this competitive it's great for baseball and it's great for us as fans and uh keep you know keeps the blood keeps the blood flowing uh yeah i love it i love it jordy you mentioned you went to some games this weekend i did now, you've been saying this bamboo nonsense. Let's jump into a quick Phillies talk and give me what this whole bamboo nonsense is. And now that you've seen the team up close and personal for, let's uh, say, 10 times, what are your impressions uh, on the field? Uh, so I've been to 12 games, according to the MLB Ballpark app. And uh, I crushed it when I said around 10 times. So thank you. Uh, thank me. Uh, thank you, Greg. You, you're, the, you're not called the prophet for nothing. Um, <laughs> thank me for, for getting that right. Yes, thank, thank you for... for having me live my life. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so back up, I went twice. I went Friday night for chase Utley night. Uh, he, he officially retired as a Philly, um, gave a, a great chase Utley speech as you might expect him to 
Phillies fans will remember his speech after they won the World Series, and Chase made a, a nice nod to it of saying, hey, the Phillies want you to do this night. They want you to give a speech. And Chase said, hey, you want me in the stadium with a microphone? Are you sure you want me to do that? Do you remember what happened the last time? Um, Greg, are you aware of this, of Chase Utley at the, at the Phillies parade in 2008? No. So he gets up to the mic. They parade down Broad Street. They go into Citizens Bank Park. They all come up and they have speeches and Chase goes up. He goes, world champions. Everybody starts chanting, starts clapping and cheering. Then he comes back in and shouts out, world fucking champs. And the place goes completely nuts. And a great moment only to be outdone by Jason Kelsey at the Super Bowl parade um, uh, in terms of both cursing and just epicness. But so Chase makes a, a reference to it. The bobbleheads they handed out was Chase Utley at the parade with a microphone in his hand. And the speech he gave was very classy. It was talking about how Philadelphia fans can be crazy, but they're the best fans in baseball, which I'm not going to let you comment on. So turning comments off there, <laughs> but then, so, you know, they have a bunch of different, I mean, different guys of, there. Shades of, shades of Pavelbon running through my head here. Um, oh, man. And interject, but, interjecting quickly. The only, nothing will be more epic. Well, something could, but nothing without a major catastrophe will be more epic than David Ortiz. This is our yeah, fucking city. city. Yeah. You can say any, every championship parade that I've been to, which is a lot more than you. Everyone screams world's fucking champ. Sure, I've only, I've only been to one. Cause no, of, but, oh, no, wait, you're in Berkshire. Is, what I'm saying is like, you were like, Oh, Oh, when he, the Phillies did this and the Eagles did that trying to say, but everyone swears at parades and some that everyone does a championship parade cussing. The thing yeah. That uh, is the most the the all time ultimate moment will forever be Ortiz. This is our fucking city. Um, and <laughs> the best part was he didn't have to pay a fine. He didn't get in trouble. So no, yeah, they, I think the FCC the somebody the FCC even said like, "There's no fucking way we're we're finding the red <laughs> for it." Um, so so real quick for those who don't know, before Jordy goes on his diatribe about the weekend. The Nationals went in there and won three out of three because the other one was postponed. Yeah. Uh, well, it was, that was in Washington. They went on the road. Okay. They, they were in Atlanta, lost the Phillies, two three. The Phillies lost six straight before the last two games and beating the Mets Monday and Tuesday. No, seven straight. They lost the finale to Atlanta, was swept by Washington in three games. And then over the weekend, they were swept by the Marlins so, in three games. So I was going seven days back because of our uh, – you know, we're seven to seven. To oh yeah. But there was, so the, the streak got pretty bad um, to finish though quickly on chase night. So he gives his speech um, and it seems like everything's wrapping up and he, you know, it, it seems like everything's wrapping up and you hear all of a sudden you hear the, it's always sunny in Philadelphia music, the theme song, you know, the, I forget what the song's actually called, but the violin music. And they play the clip of Max letter to chase Utley. And he's reading it, and you're like, wait, hold on. And they say, ladies and gentlemen, Rob McElhaney. And it's Mac. Mac and, and D, who are married in real life, Rob McElhaney and Caitlin Olson are sitting behind home plate. And all of a sudden, Mac gets up, and he has a Phillies jersey on with Mac on the back, as you might imagine Ronald McDonald would have. And he has a glove and brings one out to Chase for the ceremonial first pitch. And Chase nice. and Mac finally had their catch. Well, explain that finally had their catch. So the letter that she, that I mentioned that they read out is a letter that Mac wrote that mentions a lot of things, that a lot of inner feelings about Mac's 
about Mac's life of not having a good relationship with his dad and thinking Chase doesn't uh, and saying that they'd like to have a catch one day and that it would be a real home run. And Greg, this moment really was a real home run. So is this Mac in real life or is this actor Mac? Like which, uh, which one wrote the letter? So the, the character on it's always sunny in Philadelphia wrote Chase Sutley a letter. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. And it was, it was truly was a real home run moment, Greg. And it was pretty awesome. Uh, so then they introduced the lineups and everything. And you were expecting to hear cashmere Chase's walk-up song, the, the Led Zeppelin song uh, played at some point. Uh, and finally, when they introduced the Phillies, cashmere plays chase Utley's the first one to run out he goes out and they actually give him a baseball to toss to first base and he gives cesar hernandez a big hug um and then the phillies go out and decent game that night an absolutely masterful nola night but the offense really couldn't get it going they tried to hit a lot of to answer your question earlier of what i've seen of the phillies in two days uh, both friday and saturday it was a very windy night and the wind was blowing in at citizens bank park and they still tried to go for the long ball. A lot of pop flies that announcers on the radio were saying may, may have been home runs. I'm not necessarily sure about all of the ones they were saying, but maybe a few. But they weren't trying to hit line drives. They weren't trying to put the ball on the ground and grind out base runners that way. Um, so, I mean, that's probably one of the bigger knocks. Obviously, the last two days against the Mets, the first time that they've had back-to-back games with, with four or more home runs in both games since 2009. Um, so if they're becoming home run dependent, that's not necessarily a great thing. Cause a lot of these guys on the team are, can hit for average and can run the base as well. And I think that's a way that they can, that they can really help salvage this Kingery's having himself a great power Renaissance and looking great that way. But he also is a guy that can hit for average. He runs the bases really well. His Instagram handle is not Scott or Twitter handle is not Scotty Jetpacks for nothing. Cesar Hernandez is the same boat. Michael Franco, though, he's had a little bit of time off with moving guys around the lineup, and he's looked great the last two days. But again, if they're going to be home run dependent, that's good. you're going to have a lot more of these nights where the bats go ice cold, and you got to just be smarter about, about knowing that it's windy and that the ball's getting knocked down. Um, I was able to watch uh, the last three, four innings of, of the game last night, and while the bullpen ended up getting the save and the hold on the save, I mean, how many times are they going to load the bases in late innings? Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, too, is that Friday and Saturday, they had leads. They had the oper- they had both leads that the bullpen blew because of either overuse or just guys who, frankly, aren't that clutch and should not be pitching in later innings <laughs> that do that and let up a lot of base runners, let these guys go around the bases. They They work high pitch counts because they work high counts within it bats a lot of full counts a lot of walks issued um and then the phillies on the on the back side of it they've had opportunities where they had runners in third base that they couldn't bring in um so i mean i know injuries there's a lot of injuries and that's been sort of the the running talk of it's not his fault that aaron mccutcheon busted and busted his knee it's not his fault that the bullpen's been hurt in this place um but i mean also at the same time you need to hit line drives. You need your bullpen guys to figure their shit out. I mean, this is something that we talked about the first the first episode of, of the regular season, Greg, this year, that the Phillies bullpen is going to be a recurring theme, and, and you saw why. It's it's just a lack of clutch on that end, and it's not the only problem the Phillies had. We just t- I just spent five minutes explaining why their bats go cold, but I don't know. It is frustrating to see Eflin 
Arietta, Pavetta, if they're not having an, an absolute, if not spinning an absolute gem to see them turn the ball over in the sixth inning, and you don't know if the final score is going to be two one or twenty or twenty one fourteen, look like a fucking NFL score. So, big move at the deadline. I don't think they need a bat. It sounds no, like they they need a they need someone on the back end. Sounds like they need an arm. Yeah. And the guy that everyone keeps talking about is the closers at the white the closer that the White Sox have. Yeah, that 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 actually be a pretty interesting pickup because they have. Are you talking about Cologne? Um, they said his name last night, and I'm looking it up now. But the my understanding is that you know the White Sox are probably going to be sellers, and and he's coming up on his free agent, so they could get some really good guys for him. Um, yeah, I'm talking about Cologne. Yeah, yeah, he's a former closer from Tampa Bay. Really good closer. He was involved in that trade last year and actually did pretty well for Seattle as well in, in their charge to trying to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, he'll probably be one of the bigger names out there. I know um, – what's his face from, from San Diego? Kirby. Uh, Kirby Yates. Kirby Yates is probably going to be another big name out there from San Diego. Um, but we saw this a couple years ago. We saw this in 2016 when the Cubs and the Indians were tearing the cover off the ball, had some issues that need to be settled up on the back end, and they both went out and did it. And that – that carried them to the World Series. Obviously, they had the offensive firepower to do it. But when your pitching staff can help out on those nights when the offense isn't totally there, because if you remember that Cubs run, they had some games in the in the NLCS where their offense wasn't totally there against the Dodgers, and they really had to grind out and win the National League. And, and it worked out for them, obviously. They won the World Series. But you need to shore up the bullpen if you want to have any sort of chase you know, down the line. Yeah, and and I'm in the same boat. The Red Sox need the same. Um, but no, I think maybe even get a starter if you can. Yeah, they probably do need a starter. That's a really good point. They've had Velasquez go in and out of the bullpen, and he's they've even had him at times as the the opener. Um they, they've used him. They've used Cole Irvin. They used Jared Eikhoff. These guys that have fi- that have rotated through the five spot. It seems like Velasquez has been the answer right now, but I I prefer him in the bullpen. So if they went out and got a starter, preferably a, a solid and tried and true lefty to mix things up, I think that would be a, a really good addition for the Phillies as well. But it is it's pitching that they need to add, and the bats especially once some of them more get healthy and get back into their groove, I think are going to, they're going to be just fine. I agree. I, uh, I don't agree that they're going to be just fine, but I agree that. Uh... Greg, we need 90 wins, man. We need, we need me to make some money. <laughs> Pretty lofty goal there, Herb. Yeah. Uh, this is the halfway point of the season, correct? Uh, pretty much close to it. Well, no, how many games have they played? Uh, I think they're at like 78. Hold on. I'll tell you in a second. Um, oh, they've had some rainouts. Yeah. They're not, they're not at 81 games played yet. Uh, the Phillies are 41 and 38. Yeah. 79 games played bingo. Cause the Red Sox are at halfway. So are I, that's they? why I use. Yeah. Don't Red they try Sox to line are- it up that the, that the halfway mark actually runs right around July 1st anyway, or I guess they used to when it was April 1st was the start date, but well, the difference is the Red Sox have only had one rainout. Yeah, the Phillies have had a lot. They've had a lot of of games pushed back. The yeah. the built in slow start to the year for rainouts didn't really happen, and and as we saw with Washington, there was a bunch. Um, 
and they've had some here too, some double, some double headers built into August now and in September. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So um, we just tough it out here in New England and we actually play games in the rain. So um, a little ricochet, ricochet shot there, but Jordy, when you were, when you were at the games this weekend, any uh, stadium snacks to report on? Yeah, so I uh, so one that I have just a, I have a gripe on. So this is more of a complaint because I did not get to try this. Um, Jared is a big fan of the kielbasa. He calls it the kielbasi. I guess that's a, is that a Polish thing? Um, maybe. Uh, but so you can up. get the the what? I said it seems made up. Yeah, it, it could just be a Jared a, a Jaredism. Um, but so there's the bulldog that comes from Bulls Barbecue, which we've talked about a lot. That I think is technically of of you know, types of sausage link. I think it's technically a kielbasa, but um, this was an actual advertised as kielbasa on the grill. We sat up, we sat in the upper, the upper deck on Friday night and I saw that and I wanted to try it instead of just getting a regular Italian sausage or a hot dog. Um, and I was waiting in line for the kielbasa and it was a fairly long line. I figured, oh, maybe they, they ran out or something. And I see them bring out the kielbasa, Greg. I'm probably 10th in line. They only brought out two to put on the grill. I don't know if it's... No, I'm dead serious. And you know exactly what I mean. Anybody that's gotten a hot dog, a sausage, whatever, at a baseball game or at a hockey game, a basketball game, a football game, you see them with a fucking row of hot dog, sausage, burgers, cheesesteak, whatever the fuck it is, a big-ass row or pile, whatever it is, to cook in mass. They're cooking two fucking kielbasa for a line of 10 people. It was bullshit. So I had to leave the line. I went and got a regular hot dog. It was great. And Citizens Bank Park hot dogs are, are, are pretty good. Um, not my top baseball hot dog that I've ever had, but still pretty good. Um, but that just really annoyed me because I was excited to try this. I was in line. I had a beer. I was all ready to go. And then, you know, these guys, uh, they d- just didn't know how to cook. They didn't know how to cook in mass. So maybe that's Matt shouldn't have talked about it because now it's all famous and popular. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. yeah, maybe, maybe the line's going to be even worse when I go. Whenever the next time I go, maybe all the people listen to the pod of him talking about it, and and now everyone just goes. I never. So to be fair, I never noticed this specific stand. When at the last time I sat upstairs, uh, this is the first time I noticed it. The Bulldog at Bulls Barbecue, that always has a pretty long line to it, the Bulls Barbecue area, which, uh, Greg, that might have to be our first stop whenever you finally do make your way down to Citizens Bank Park. Also, yeah. What also about a fucking psychopath move, by the way? Like you said, only cooking two at a time. Yeah, what the fuck? Like I, I get it if you don't want the thing. It's windy. It's you know it's upstairs. It's open. It's windy. Like you don't want the wind to like cool it off. But it's still it's on a fucking grill. Figure your shit out. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. What did I have? Oh, I didn't. Eat, I did not eat at the game Saturday. It was a four o'clock game. I'd eaten lunch prior and I ate dinner after the game. I got a a Gino's uh, steak at at Xfinity Live across the street. Um, steak, no cheese. Yeah, no cheese, no cheese, uh, no cheese. Wit is the order for me. No cheese, um, Jordy. I have a little odage to history here for my uh, bleacher creature. Ooh, all right. What I say, odage, a little homage to history. Uh, okay. On this, on this date, June twenty sixth, 
in 2001. Pittsburgh Pirates manager did this act when his guy got thrown out of first. Do you know what it was? Flipped somebody the bird? Stole first base. Literally. Well, he actually took it. Yeah, Lloyd McClendon picked Lloyd McClendon. First, yeah, picked first base up. It's the famous one. If you haven't seen it, this is 2001, so however many years ago. Picked it up, walked off, took the entire base after he got tossed in the game after his guys clearly safe and before they had a replay and all that, so the umpire's word is final. Took yeah. it, walked right in, threw it, threw it down the threw it down the little walkway there and walked out and uh, I'm not sure that how long the game was delayed after that, but uh, yeah, you had nothing enough. beats the 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 Braves minor league manager that like went full army with the fucking Rossin bag. Remember that guy? Yeah, and he like did like the whole threw it like a grenade out. and all that yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Or Sweet Lou Lou Pinella was great too. Agreed. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. Um, we didn't mention Kapler getting caught, uh, get, getting tossed twice. Well, that's um, Joe West being a scumbag. The least yeah. surprising news the, ever. Uh, Joe West, definitely. first ever, t- first ever tosses. I don't know if it's as a manager. Uh, I think you could probably confirm whether or not he got tossed as a player, but first ever as Philly's manager. Uh, unlikely that he got tossed as a. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who let his wife beat the shit out of him. Who? Oh no! Sorry, different Red Sox right fielder. Oh. Um, yeah, there was a Red Sox right fielder who let his wife beat him up. Not like let her, but like she had some mental. She had something happened, and she had a breakdown, Jesus. and he like showed Uh-oh. up to the showed up to the game with like a black eye, and and obviously, if he had retaliated or put his hands on her, that would be the story, and he would be the one in jail and all that stuff. But because it was a woman hitting a guy, nothing came of it. Mm. Um, not going to comment on that, but that's, it's pretty crazy. Um, all right. So I have a bleacher creature slash another historic, another historic, uh, I guess milestone or, or something to mention. Uh, I don't know if you saw this guy on the telecast in game one of the college world series, final championship series. Um, they showed it's Michigan and Vanderbilt playing. They're actually going to game three tonight. But in game one, they showed ESPN showed a guy in the stands who was in one of the last or on one of the Michigan teams in the 1960s. Uh, he in a double header through through in both games. He pitched in both two complete games, 19 innings pitched and through 313 pitches all in this double header. Greg. That's kind of crazy. That's nuts. And apparently he had the game winning sack fly in the second game. So. He, uh, he did it all himself. He was like that UCLA uh, pitcher that we talked about in the Women's College World Series. Um, so, speaking of College World Series, deciding game tonight, Michigan-Vanderbilt, who you got? Uh, you probably got to go Vanderbilt, but Michigan's offense has been pretty outstanding. Um, if not for Kumar Rocker, the guy who threw the no-hitter in the Super Regional last or two weeks ago now, uh, Michigan probably is walking away with the trophy, but now that it's that's 1-1, you'd think Vanderbilt, the number two team in the country, probably does it. A lot of guys who are probably going to go right in, 
right into triple a double a maybe even you know some some september call-ups there but um you know, I'll, I'm going to pull for Michigan because I, I like the Wolverines a little more than I like the uh, the Commodores of Vanderbilt. <laughs> David Price's team. Yes, David Price's team. Um, yeah, he had a, he has a bet with a certain uh, famous Michigan Michigan uh, alumnus that's the president of a of another website that we don't really need to give advertisers to. Uh, oh, yes. but, yeah, I don't know if you saw that bet, but it was uh, it's pretty funny. What is uh what is David Price have to do if he loses. Um, his is he has to do a pizza review with a uh, said alumnus, and if if uh, if Michigan wins, if Vanderbilt wins, then the alumnus's Red Sox writer has to go work for Price for like a week. That's hilarious. Yeah. Also, a uh, rival baseball podcast. Yes. Uh, a Red Sox podcast, but um, he has both. He has two, right? He has a Red Sox oh, and a yeah. and a regular one. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that'd be fun to try to get. We try to get him on. That'd be fun. That'd be try, fun to try to get a guest. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah, shoot our shot. Um, if you have any suggestions for guests, let us know in the uh, in the comments or tweet at us. Thunder BLG, Sir Jordy, Greg, shifting gears. July first, coming up. July 4th, all that. What are you more looking forward to, the NBA free agency or the NHL free agency? Hmm. It's a good question. You can only pick one. I'd probably go with NBA free agency. It's just more entertaining. Is it entertaining because it gets a bunch of coverage or entertaining in that teams are like doing the whole, oh, come pitch me why I should be there, all that nonsense? Um, a mix of both. I mean, there's more, there's just more wacky stories that come out of this thing. Like, remember the whole Clippers kidnapped Deandre Jordan thing? Like you don't really get those stories in hockey, which I think is more of a, you know, a testament of one sport versus the other, but it's just hilarious to hear, to hear some of these like wacky stories that come out of NBA free agency. Um, some unpredictability, there's more unpredictability in, in the NHL free agency, but, um, some of the, some of the the NBA free agency. Like when I saw LeBron sign with the Lakers last year, I wasn't like, Oh my God, where's this coming from? You knew he was leaving the Cavaliers. You figured probably LA and longer shot of some other teams out there. But um, yeah, I, I just the wacky stories that come out from the NBA. I think uh, they're just a little more entertaining. The NHL, obviously I, I keep a little more close of a track of a, a attention to, and, and third and girl keeps a little more attention to NBA free agency, but I like the stories. I love it. Good for you. Yeah. I think both are going to be fun, though. I mean, there's a lot of free agency or a lot of free agents, big names for both. If you're a fan of either league, a lot to watch out for. And if your team is in the mix for any of those names, uh, it could be a stressful you know, couple days, couple weeks, however long it takes. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and both drafts having finished this past week and all that stuff. Uh... How are you feeling after the draft? So those Celtics and Bruins. I mean, the Celtics having all these picks didn't get one guy that can help them tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's sort of what they needed. And now they're talking about going after Kemba Walker, which means no Kyrie and no Rozier and no Hawford, which would completely change their team around. And they already let Baines walk. And uh, it's, it's, they traded him. They're, it, 
I think their ultimate goal is to try and get Kyrie and and I don't know, man. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be it'd really, be really interesting. I think. Yeah. Gonna, I don't know. Yeah, I love Jordy because the whole time they were talking about building for the future, building for the future, and that 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 is Brown, and that is uh, Tatum, mm-hmm. right? And the Kyrie move in theory for how young he was should have been should have should have been that, but Kyrie really just that Matt and Kyrie put the pressure on in terms of. Okay, well now go out and win a championship because you have the one of the best point cards in the league, and because they failed to do that, the story now is they underperformed. They they had a terrible year when back to back years making the playoffs and really overperforming last year. They should not have gone as far as they did without with all their with their quote unquote top guys getting hurt. Um, but this year, underperforming in comparison really has led to this team just to crumble and fall apart at the seams and um for me i'm more i'm more focusing on the bruins because that window's closing in terms of bergeron and marchand and even though those guys are some relatively young that window is closing in terms of their long-term abilities and they do have some young guys like the mcavoys of the world who need to be signed this off season or else they have the restricted free agency all that stuff so yeah, yeah. For me, I'm looking forward to that. The Bruins need some defensive help, and hopefully, uh, and maybe maybe they get Coil for another. They'll have him for another year. Maybe maybe they get him to sign an extension and keep Johansson and keep that line for a whole year together. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be really fun to see. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, my only thing, Jordy, is biggest gripe: Wimbledon every year, July Fourth. What do you think about that? What what on July Fourth? Wimbledon. What the final? No, it, it like starts the first, so it just takes place always. Like July Fourth happens. Well, Wimbledon. well, Wimbledon's happening the fortnight. Um, so the first the first rounds during the fourth. It's usually the fourth is usually right around the final. Um, which I guess well, yeah, I haven't heard anything about Wimbledon starting. So. Well, this year it starts the first according to yeah. Uh, so it end then on July fourteenth. Yes, so it's a little. I guess it's kind of weird. I mean, the way that the, that the tennis the tennis majors all line up, it's just kind of a quick transition from the French open to Wimbledon. Cause the French open was like three weeks ago. Um, I guess it's not really, you aren't really saying much when, when golf goes pretty quick between their majors, especially now that it's uh, just four months in a row instead of masters and then two months still U S open and all that stuff. But I guess with tennis being a two week tournament instead of four days, it's, it's also kind of weird that way. Jordy, anything else to report? Um, uh, no, nothing much. Uh, yeah, I was, I'm decently happy with the Sixers draft flyers draft. Uh, it's a wait to be seen. Um, a lot of people are giving him shit that they didn't draft Caulfield, uh, and they went with this defenseman Cam York, who they kind of need some more young guys at, at defense uh, and build out that way. And they've added obviously a lot of uh, a lot of vets, so that'll be really interesting to see. I'm just waiting for them to officially say that Joel Farabee and Morgan Frost are going to be on the roster opening night. Um, was actually looking though at when the Flyers are going to be in Nashville. Third and Girl really really loves the city of Nashville and. Maybe maybe tr- try to make a little uh little trip down there to see the Flyers play the Preds. Therapy BU product, um, but yeah, that has to be why they traded. Well, they that has to be why they traded Subban for the space and for those young defensemen. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the Preds. Yeah, with the moves they made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you see? Um, 
did you see the what was that? Oh, Roberto Luongo just retired today. I did see that as we were recording. He retired. Do you see how? Uh, explain to the people. So you know, everybody talks about hanging him up. Roberto Luongo literally hung up his goalie pads in it, and the way he announced him over a wire, as if you saw some shoes. Uh, he put up his goalie pads. So officially hmm. announced it. And, and what a career, Craig. I mean, he went from Florida a little bit of time in in. in on the on Long Island, as they say, but mainly remembered as a Florida Panther and that stretch of those really good Canuck teams, and then back in Florida where he had a little bit of a, a resurgence in the last couple of years. But um, surely going to be missed, and it, it'll be kind of opens the door now to really hear going back to free agency if Florida really goes in on Sergey Bobrovsky. Like it's been widely believed that they were going to. I think this just adds another wrinkle to it. Um, Jordy, it's been a hell of a hell of a hell of a pod. Uh, I unfortunately have to. Yeah, we got to wrap this thing up. Skedaddle. However, however, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I really, yeah, close this out. <laughs> well, thank you, Greg, for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it as always. Um, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about it. Leave us a review. Five-star review. Greg and I will figure out some way to give you a shout-out. Um, Matt and I will as well. But go Maybe tell your friends. Free merch, Jordy. Why don't you give some people some free merch? I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for my Thunderblog or my uh, bullpen cart T-shirt. Ooh, we should make t-shirts. That's a good idea. Maybe a sweatshirt. Um, now that I have an income stream again, I, I maybe I can I can invest in those. Um, but yeah, make sure that you tell your friends all that good stuff. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin. Search the bullpen cart. You can get obviously this podcast. You can get the Fun V Tailgate, Blue Line Icing. It's like they have no idea what they're. And as Greg plays out some music, I will I will play us out for my man Greg the Prophet Piatelli. I am Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend, everybody. And go Phils. Go Sox. Bamboo season.